Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Loaded up. A lot of baseball on our minds. Some Husker football to talk as well. And uh, a great uh, guest list for you. We'll get to throughout the next two hours. Numbers to dial up. 466-3776-800-825. 5865. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So what's coming up? Brandon Vogel, managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine. We'll go around the Husker world with him. And then in our two, Gary Barnett will spend time with us. And then an extended sit down and baseball preview with Husker standout, New York Yankee world champion, Jabba Chamberlain with us at 525. And uh, Burke's best bets, Danny Burke with us. So that's what we're doing tomorrow. We want to see you down at the single barrel inside the graduate incredible steakhouse, incredible pork chops, phenomenal whiskey choices, 250 of them. Think about career wins when a job as teammates to Andy Pettit. Right. Andy Pettit was that 250 uh, win window. Right. Well, that's a lot of wins in the career. That's the whiskey choices you have, the bourbon choices you have uh, down at the single barrel. Of course, beer is good. Beer is there. And uh, tip off ain't till eight for Nebraska, Maryland. So we're on the road. Real red tip off. Want to see you down at the single barrel. And the weather should be a hell of a lot better. Did you uh, get slapped in the face by old man winter today? Why do you ask? I mean, no, I mean you not, just not too bad now. No, you just look like you're over this uh, this this accordion treatment. This yeah, this this this, this, this uh, seesaw going on. Yeah, the funniest thing I saw today was someone said uh, Mother Nature's treating uh, the high temperatures this week like uh, Powerball. <laughs> 14, 24, 61, 72, mm-hmm. just all over the map. Uh, my skin, I, I'm telling you, it's it's. Tired. My hands are dry. My face is dry. My nose is dry. My but mouth the stash, is dry. The stash keeps going. Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. It, pr- it protects the upper lip from from the cold. No, it, and it, listen, I'll say this, man. It it, it is growing in well. Uh, it's filling in, and that's impressive because the last time you grew this thing, you looked like an early twenties movie star, <laughs> <laughs> or 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 a mid seventies movie star. <laughs> it's incredible what a year can do. I just uh, the I, I've been. He's all grown up. He gets out of college and he can grow a porn stash. I love it. I've, I've been hitting it with the uh, you know like the balding hair treatment. I've been hitting it every single. Day Have you really? No. 
That'd be funny, though. That'd be all right. So we'll dive in. First and foremost, before we get to Nebraska baseball, this important announcement for Nebraska football fans and uh, Ochan Mathis. We'll just call him Mathis. Uh, It could be Ochan, maybe? Ochan? I'm, I'm no, I, I, I think I think you're you're right on. Why don't we get him on the horn, and we'll ask him. <laughs> uh, but in all reality, Nebraska making the top five for their due diligence with uh, one of the top edge rushers in college football. I think eight to nine sacks his last couple of years for TCU. Gary Patterson, the head frog, no longer. Nebraska making that cut, presumably because of Coach Applewhite and his connection. So you have uh, still a, a tough three other schools t- to beat out, but it's it's at least part of your conversation, right? USC, Texas, Ole Miss, Penn State, and then Nebraska. Penn State sent guys to the league. Ole Miss puts guys into the league. Texas, eh. And then there's USC, who does pretty well. But with Nebraska, th- that is like one of the, the missing pieces, right, for for 2022 and beyond is to get some psycho off the edge, and that's a, a loving in term of endearment. But for, for Oshan to, to be uh, putting Nebraska in his top five, that's key. You want another tackle. Uh, there's going to be some fighting for the Vandy kid. We'll see where that goes, but at least Nebraska's in position to still get a yes. I think this would be, if Nebraska were to pull this off, would be the, the biggest and most important portal addition. You can talk about Casey Thompson and the quarterbacks Ooh, and the difference very, makers all you want. I'll go with the hot take. I'll go with the hot take because what has this defense uh, lacked I, over I four years? I think you're wrong. <laughs> over, over four years, what has this defense always lacked? Somebody who can consistently get after the passer. No, He's I, shown I, through three I, years at right. TCU that he can do that. 96 pressures. No, that's Money. At TCU, That's great. Uh, 16 first, sacks. First team all Big 12 and second team all Big 12. No, he's incredible, and that's that's what you need in this defense. But the defense has gotten better mm-hmm. despite not having that Randy Gregory off the edge. But I look at how young this secondary is going to be and the unproven talent in the secondary, and the easiest way to be able to protect that secondary and let them grow into go themselves the is to go kill the quarterback and have a guy that can consistently go get pressure. And then you can give your offense time uh, early in the season to, to figure things out and get their legs under them if you can start off with, uh, with a strong defense. And a strong defense is what can carry you in the Big Ten. Well, it will need to end up carrying you in the Big Ten, or at least help uh, with the the bar fight that is Big Ten football. But it is going to be the Nebraska offense that has got to be the story to start off the year because of what you're doing from a depth standpoint on the defensive line, whether you get a pass rusher or not. Uh, you, you don't have the, the old hockey line rotation yet for Nebraska on that front four. Uh, you have your linebackers. And the other thing I'll say, too, O'Shaughnessy would be nice – but we have seen positive development and growth. Garrett Nelson, I think, had, what, five and a half, six, seven sacks last year? Okay. And, and Garrett's going to continue to have uh, jumps, right? He's not done. He's not done getting better. And, and we, so, did, we did see Caleb Tanner make another jump last year. He, he wasn't the level we, I think, Nebraska fans or this team needs from a pass rusher, but he definitely made a big jump last season from the year before. No, he's, he's someone to, to worry about. If, if you're a defense, uh, Feldarius is back. And I know he started off the season great and then got um, 
got adapted to. But it, listen, it's this would be a great luxury. This could be a missing piece defensively. A, amazing point with the secondary. Okay, but guys that, that can go win the secondary jobs. I mean, Farmer's a guy, and and of course Newsom's the other guy. The other two spots, it's not like you went and got rookies. I mean, you've gotten transfer mm-hmm. kids. Uh, that, Brown that, from Northern Iowa. Right. And, and, and uh, of course, the kid out of Arizona State as well. But I'm saying that if you have the progression that continues with your outside backers, who's to say that, that Nelson doesn't have a breakthrough season with 10 sacks or Caleb Tanner as they build up to finally get that, that senior season under their belt? So O'Shawn would be would be great. But well, what's important to know, he quarterback's he, still he, number one, number two, number three, number four for me. Five is running back. So yeah, and my take on it is uh, it's similar to what you're saying with the pastors. Nebraska still had a, a competent option, I think, in Logan Smothers. Obviously, you want to upgrade, mm-hmm. and I think Nebraska wants to upgrade on the pass rushers that they have. But if you didn't get Casey Thompson, you got Chuba Purdy in here to, to bring, come bring some competition. You have Logan Smothers here. It's the same with the pass rushers. I think you'd be bringing in a guy that you know would be a, a difference maker and a guy who would be starting on the edge for you uh, this season in Mathis. But it does sound like Texas is the uh, the early or not early front runner, the, the front runner among this top five. Texas staying close to home, playing in front of the family. Well, the the, the difference is this: the the head frog is now on staff for for Sark at Texas, mm-hmm. so. That, that could end the discussion. Baseball begins tomorrow. Nebraska, Sam Houston. What is this baseball team going to bring? What type of relief can they perform to the Husker fan base? Football and basketball have made you sad. Men's basketball, anyway. The Husker women are going to be dancing, which will be great. Uh, you have now baseball uh, is where we're turning our attention, and there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of hype. There's deserved accolades because – Listen, the Big Ten folks who picked Nebraska got egg on their face last year. They won the whole damn thing, which was great. Now they're expected to win the whole thing again, and there's no Povich, there's no Roach, um, and uh, Schwelly is also gone. I'll say this, the cupboard's been rearranged. It isn't bare, okay? Nebraska has some, some folks that are waiting in the wings. Uh, you have uh, Kyle Perry, who uh, made a monster start uh, at Arkansas last year, battled back, got challenged, accepted said challenge uh, when it comes to rehab, and is going to be uh, Mr. Uh, 1A for Nebraska. He'll get the, the, the nod, and he is to be not only a captain, but to be your Friday night guy. Uh, Friday night guy. Shanneman, obviously, you want, you want as a – as a Saturday guy. And then with McCarville, uh, I mean, he's a senior transfer. And don't forget, from an experience standpoint, he was a guy who was the guy when uh, Grand Canyon University was in their regionals. He was an all-whack selection. So you have different names, but some of these guys have done what they're going to be asked to do at Nebraska, just at different locations. Yeah, and uh, I think a guy we were talking about yesterday was uh, was McCarville. Yeah, um, you, you just mentioned him. He's a he's a guy that has starting experience, weekend experience. At a, I know it's a lower level college in, in GCU, um, but he, he brings that talent and experience here, and that's what's going to be big for this team. Is they have a lot of guys who are going to step up with uh, less experience on this level when you look especially in the outfield looks like uh sartori is going to be a guy who's going to be factoring into the outfield uh lincoln southwest kid and then went the the juco route to, to end up mm-hmm. here there's just a lot of guys that uh aren't necessarily 
uh, as experienced as some of the guys that, that we've lost last season. I guess that's always how it goes in college baseball. But that's why it's so important to get these non-conference games out of the way, get some experience under the belt. Uh, you look at Style at first base. Uh, he came on strong at the end of last he, season. I mean, he, he's the big old Canadian that's got some pop. I mean, they're going to ask him to be your, your, your Clue Haywood over at first and hit some bombs this year. Mm-hmm. And you've got uh, Bryce Matthews making the move over to shortstop sure. this season. I know he's got some experience, but uh, a new position for him. It just comes down to how quickly this team can, can come into their own, I guess. Uh, is there going to be any... Uh, hangover from losing some leaders from last season, or, or do they come into their own and decide they're their own team early in the season? That that's the question I'm gonna be watching for because I think uh, we can see from a talent perspective this this team is more talented than almost everyone else in the Big Ten this season. It's just a question of uh, how how quickly does that talent fall into place and uh, how, how quickly do the puzzle pieces come together? Max Anderson, of course, you're gonna ask him as Big Ten Freshman of the Year to um, to to be as good or better. And he's a guy that just loves the he loves the grind. I mean, he's a player after Will Bolt's heart with his average, with his hits. Now you got to think he's going to be a leader along with, you'd assume, Cam Chick, a guy who feels like he's yeah. been around for forever at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be asked to be a leader. Uh, and those two guys, uh, I believe Chick making the move to the outfield this season. He will be, or, or he'll, he'll do the DH thing, mm-hmm. be one of the two. Uh, Banjoff saw some uh, time last year, 21 appearances in the outfield. Uh, he'll be asked to probably be the leader there. What's the take here on, on Kobe Gomez? What is going to be, I mean, first base, yeah. He's an athletic enough kid to, to pitch and be at, be at first and uh, just have enough confidence to come in and have enough uh, mixes with his pitches to come in and coming off injury, who knows if he's the same, if he's better, or if he's got to kind of recreate or, or reinvent what he is. And there was uh, an interesting quote from uh, Griffin Everett, Husker catcher, in his uh, media session the other day, uh, where he said that it's been interesting for him catching Colby Gomez's splitter. And that immediately set off something to me where I go, oh, splitter. I, I, hmm. I don't think he's ever thrown a splitter. I mean, he was a guy as a closer. He was a, a two-pitch mix. That, that fastball that was running 96-97 and a, a curveball high 70s, low 80s. Uh, and that was his, those only two pitches that he was throwing as of two years ago. So do, do I go... Did he use this rehab time to throw in another pitcher, or is he maybe after after a couple of uh, surgeries and, and rehab, is he now using that splitter instead of a fastball? Is he not getting the same numbers on his fastball that he used to? And that's going to be something to watch for early in the season to see. Maybe is he a three pitch mix kind of guy now, or is he replacing that fastball? He can get cre. You know, you always got to reinvent and get creative, uh, and uh, good for him busting it back. And can't wait to to check out this team. Uh, as they move forward, you, you have your uh, your showdown with Michigan. That's really going to be fun. End of end of March, uh, right around Sweet 16 time uh, with the NCAA ba- basketball tournament. So uh, good weekend here, uh, a little more than a month away. We'll dive in. We'll get some thoughts with uh, Husker football, Husker baseball from Brandon Vogel. Uh, coming up in hour two. Don't forget, we'll spend some time Gary Barnett and then Jabba Chamberlain. We'll, we'll talk Nebraska pitching with us, the Husker great and uh, New York Yankee world champion. Jabba stops by the show. And then uh, Burke's best bets. He'll uh, join the show and give us some NHL and, of course, some NBA futures here as the All-Star break knocking on the door. You can email the show. Always welcome to do so. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. And, and I'll, be, I'll be curious to, to see here in a, a couple of minutes. We could also have a guest appearance from Vogue's little guy. 
He's uh, he, well, dude. He he has been involved of, the last couple weeks. Yeah, the, the junior, Vogue's junior, is is incredible in the high chair, with whatever Brandon hands him. I, I mean, it, it could be a wooden spoon, mm-hmm. could be a metal spoon, uh, it might be a giant cookie monster, but it's like he's John Bonham playing a drum solo. On the Zeppelin Two album, yeah, or, or for uh, the, the younger audience, Anderson Pock at the Super Bowl on the drum set. Okay, you, you, uh, you're you're giving me the glazed over. I don't know who that is. Look, well, look at you knowing part of Dre's band. <laughs> well, Anderson Pock's a, he's a rapper in his own right. He he had a very good album, and he also drums. But one of those probably musically talented guys in, uh, in the hip hop. You knew right Dre now. was a piano guy, didn't you? Yeah, of course. Okay, that's what I thought. No, uh, thank you for. G- <laughs> I see your Ze- your Zeppelin reference, and up you. Uh, a rap reference. Thank you. We'll ask Vogues if he knows who Anderson Pack is. Yes. Uh, thanks for being here on a Thursday at Tale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Folks, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Plenty of emails to get to. Trouble in the kingdom, which may frighten some Chiefs fans. And we may have a sweet outtake of Bobby Knight for you. We may have to play it tomorrow, though, because it will take massive editing. (laughs) Brandon Vogel is rocking his uh, Bobby Knight red Adidas sweater right now, managing editor. HailVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogels, how long have you had that Bob Knight sweater? I wish I had a Bob Knight sweater, the classic red one with the uh, old school Adidas logo on it. Good for, it's got enough movement in the arms to sling chairs. It's, <laughs> I mean, I, I, could, I, could, I could use something like that. Oh, man, that's, that's so good. And, you know, good credit for, I'll say this about Duke and, and Indiana. They were both Adidas schools before the old boost i'm an adidas snob so i'll wear adidas now but they got to be boost uh and and that's just it they they make me a little bit taller and, and i'm gonna run with it <laughs> I, I personally yeah, yeah i mean go ahead elijah i'll just say i personally think vogel would look great in a full track suit not just the top oh he's got the full track suit dude. He's, he's got a cigarette in the mouth and one behind the ear like come I, on i don't junior does not permit smoking <laughs> when he's in the high chair uh, it's only for region. style. Only oh, for just style. for style. Okay, it's a candy cigarette anyway. Uh, we'll get to football in a second. <laughs> Vogues, uh, is there any way, do you have an app, a link, some secret uh, telepathy? How Can you get a hold of BBC? And I ask this because the final series for Peaky Blinders starts February 27th, 10 days from now, but it, it first airs on on BBC, and then it'll get kicked over to Netflix. Do you have any any friends that that have a hookup? How can I watch BBC nah. without going to England? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to guess that they're uh, not going to put that on BBC America. No. I did write a Olympics Olympic story once, like totally out of the blue for the Guardian. I'm going to guess that uh, this was this was multiple Olympics ago, so we're probably talking six years. 
Uh, I can I can try that email from the person who reached out to me and, and see if uh, somebody at the Guardian, I mean, somebody at the Guardian definitely knows somebody at the BBC. That's, that's the best that I've got for you. <laughs> Otherwise, you might have to just wait to experience it with the rest of us Americans. Schmidty, I'll take you through the world of VPNs. We'll talk after the show. Okay. Uh, Elijah has the O.J. Simpson cable hookup, apparently. Nope. That's true. That, 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 was, that was excellent, Elijah. VPNs, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's given the confused like well I'll, I'll talk to you after the show about it <laughs> they're, they're not illegal they're just frowned upon <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Vogel's with us SaleVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor Vogels, uh what's your take here with Nebraska baseball are, are they yes they're uh, they're deserving of, of first place but they want no, no part of, of steak knives for second place can this team reload uh considering all they lost yeah i mean that's that's kind of the key question and i would say that will bolt not just through the performance that nebraska had last year which is is a big piece of it but also just how he approaches things and and how he talks about things you know i think has earned the benefit of the doubt so you look at nebraska and things like this this preseason poll like a lot of preseason polls um tend to become like well this is where they finished last year so they have earned the right to be here this year you know they're not designed specifically to to be all that predictive it's kind of a quote-unquote career achievement award a little bit i mean this happens like in volleyball all the time that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of the penultimate or the the ultimate example and for, for nebraska like i feel good about where wilbur is taking this this program in fact you know to use the volleyball example he reminds me a lot of john cook in that regard in that like he's not going to shy away from the fact of like hey our goal should be to to host a regional because if we can host a regional that boosts our boosts our chances of progressing and, and getting to the super regional and then getting to Omaha, which is where we all ultimately want to be. So while conventional wisdom might be like, ah, oh, don't put that out there, because that if you don't make it, what happens? Like really good coaches, in my experience, aren't that afraid of that piece of it. So we'll see. I mean, Nebraska baseball has recruited really well. We, we know what they did last year, totally exceeded expectations. They're probably on the high end of expectations right now based on that. But because of the confidence I kind of have in, in, in Bolt and what they're able to do, I, I, I don't really shy away from that. I guess that's the best way to put it at this point. Brandon Vogels with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Vogue's going to switch to football, and we know there's some more portal options out there for nebraska uh we were debating well elijah brought in the 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 take that mathis of tcu would would be the biggest portal addition i still think it's quarterback uh we need you to 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 rule here judge uh and we'll see if if nebraska can get mathis because he's obviously got the the patterson connection who's now at texas yeah, um, that's that's a that's a tough question because, you know, talking in a vacuum, there's nothing more important than quarterback. 
So if, if, it, if it's Thompson, if it's Purdy, if one of those guys comes in and it turns out to be exactly the right fit and they go on to have a blockbuster season, that's, that's probably the pick. But in terms of assessing Nebraska's current needs and, and really assessing overall talent level, you know, I know the athletic has Mathis as the, the top available transfer in the portal at this moment. So do with that what you will. And also, you know, it's just Nebraska really since probably Randy Gregory hasn't had one of those pass rushers that can just kind of make it happen on their own. And the degree to which that can change a team is, is pretty significant. I might put it right behind having a really great quarterback in terms of how how far ahead it can get you. So we'll see if, if, if Nebraska is able to stay in that race and, and, and maybe land him. But 2020, TCU only played 10 games. He had nine sacks. Like, it's been a long time since since Nebraska has has had a player capable of doing that individually. This past season, his, his sack total dropped because, you know, I feel like with a more traditional offseason, a little bit, you can devote more attention to him. But that's good, too. Like, even if you can limit the best guy out there, um, that means it should open up something for somebody else. Folks, he, he had nine sacks and he didn't play in Nebraska. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, it's. <laughs> It, it was very good news, I thought, in my mind, for Nebraska to make that top five. Now, who knows if there's, like, a ton of separation between one and number three or whatever it may be, but they're at least in the hunt. Well, folks, I think everyone sees the value of pass rushers maybe now more than ever before when you look at uh, just how pass rushers have taken over Super Bowls in recent years, where this year it was uh, the Rams' defensive line that really sealed the victory uh, against the Bengals two years ago. Uh, the 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 Bucks did a great job getting after Patrick Mahomes. It just really felt like whenever you have a great pass rush, it can eliminate so many other deficiencies in your team. I mean, you look at Michigan this season, their pass rush uh, was great, and it kind of shielded the fact that they didn't have an elite quarterback leading that team last season, which felt like a requirement for making it into the college football playoff. Yeah, I mean, that's and, and that's a great example because the Big Ten, in my mind, is a college college league where you can look at it and say, yes, everybody wants elite pass rushers, and anytime you have them, it increases your ability. It, it, it raises a team's ceiling, in, in my mind. But the Big Ten might actually be one of the conferences where it does that the least. But still, if you have one, if you have an Aiden Hutchinson like Michigan did, it, it, it definitely raises that ceiling. And there's just kind of no substitute for it. Like, you can try and scheme it. You can try and do whatever you want to do uh, about that. But a guy who can just win one-on-one up front is really worth, worth quite a bit. I mean, to go back to what we were just talking about previously, it's probably worth – almost as much as having a really, really excellent quarterback. So if Nebraska were able to, to get that, like it, it alters, I think, what, what you can look at for, for 2022 in terms of realistic possibility. Brandon Vogel's with us, HailVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. It's where you find him 
And, of course, get his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. So, last thought, and we'll get you out. What's uh, – I always love asking you this. Usually it used to be barbecue. Now now that you're a proud papa, where's where's Junior at? What did you do? Because we, we don't hear him drumming in the background, and we were wondering what he was going to play for us today. Yeah, it's uh, the the timing of this traditional radio spot has usually lined up with him being awake. Right now, he has been asleep, but I can hear him just waking up. So we we got a little bit fortunate. Um, he's doing well, um, crawling like a champion. Went to the pediatrician recently within the past couple of weeks. Um, he's currently or most recently in the 85th percentile for height and the 90th percentile for weight. So he's kind of projecting as a defensive tackle, which I know you're you're very interested in. So if you're thinking that far ahead for Nebraska recruiting, think, think potential defensive tackle. We've still got a lot of time left, and uh, sounds like we've probably got to get him some sort of, you know, oatmeal blueberry banana thing here pretty shortly well we gotta we gotta get him a nickname i mean can we just go with ogre 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 works for now um you know i would hate to i would hate to take snacks away from uh (laughs) (laughs) i would hate hate to take snacks away but he's, he's pretty fond of those at this point i mean my, my pediatrician told me that right now he's proportional. I was a little bit worried that we were going to go in there and be like, you need to put this kid on a diet, but we're not there <laughs> yet. So right now we're thinking defensive tackle. We'll just call him DT, DTV. I love it. Folks, take care. We'll talk Saturday, bud. All right. Take care. He's in his mid-40s. He was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. So 44 is still early, isn't it? Or am I, or am I, in? I, I feel like... Happy we birthday, need, by we the need way. To, thank you. We need to get off Very our mean. ass. We we need to get off our ass and do the uh, some some new uh, some new imaging. We, we, probably we, we've buried the lead. Happy birthday to you, Schmidt. Sure. And I guess yes. that, that is a good. Co- I think forty four is like the you've now reached mid forties. Yeah, I think I've moved into 40, that 41, 42, early 40s. 43 is kind of that gray area. And then I, I, think, I think 44 through 47. 46 is mid. I'd even throw 47 in the mid 40s. Okay. And then 48, 49 is now late 40s. I think once you get to. I think once you pass 45, you know, 46 and up is upper. Hmm. 40, actually, 47 is the cutoff. That's when you get to your upper 40s. Okay. Okay. You know, you're but, not there yet. No, but uh, I've been called lots of things today. Some loving, some not. But let's let's talk Peaky Blinders, and I want to hear about this pirate operation you have up your sleeve. So you've never heard of a VPN? I sort of. I've, I've heard of vaping, but no, not v- <laughs> what is it? It's a virtual private network. Okay. So what it is is it like takes the internet that you have provided at your home. And it sets up your own network using that uh, network as its like connection to the internet. So then, it, how most people use it is it's private browsing. No one can see what you're doing, like your internet service provider and so all that. So it's really, really creepy. No, it's, well, what, what's nice, this is what we're getting into, 
is it sets up your own IP number and you can use it to set up your IP number as logging on as, as anywhere in the world. Oh, so, so by you, doing so, I can stream. Yeah, you could say you're, you're logging on from England. Peaky Blinders. And every time I hear this song, I, I think of Dumb and Dumber, but it, it's now shifted to Peaky Blind. Great song. It is. It's all right. Nick Cave, I think, but okay. So yeah. we'll, we'll work on that. Yeah, a, a lot, I'm, a lot of I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get hammered by the uh, YouTube TV police or or, or uh, the internet service pro- provider or or setup I have at home. No, it's it's perfectly legal. Perfectly but legal. It's just frowned upon. Yeah, <laughs> it just d- depending. Um, there's a lot that offer uh, free trials. Pretty cool service. Uh, whenever uh, my uncle was living overseas, he used to use it so he could get American Netflix because he was tired of all the the shows that were provided him in Africa that he just had no idea what was going okay. on. So he'd say he was in America and he'd get American Netflix. So you can use it too if you want British Netflix. That's good. Yeah. Well, but I just need British BBC. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, there is trouble in, in the kingdom. And do you believe what is out there? And what is out there is this, a season-long rift between Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy. So Bieniemy interviewed for the Saints job, and I know that there's frustration with the lack of opportunity in hirings with African Americans in the NFL, and Bieniemy's not gotten an NFL job for two years. And he's been the OC and the play caller post script. Andy Reid puts the script together and then it's it's all be enemy. And he's an incredible play designer. But it just sounds like he has gotten ticked off or owly. Uh, and it started last training camp with Mahomes. And he likes Mahomes, but he thinks Mahomes is kind of a... Uh, jerk radio edit Mahomes didn't look too happy at the front row last night of basketball at the Texas Tech game I think his wife slash girlfriend is probably wearing him out and I think his brother is probably wearing him out and he's and he's probably ticked off that they've they've not won a championship in two years and you know the enemy got exposed with the pass rush Mahomes had a bad Super Bowl they blew an 18-point lead to Cincy in their opportunistic defense. But they're, they're still loaded for more title runs. And, and Biennium isn't going anywhere. He, I mean, he was making a million a year two years ago. He obviously got bumped last year to stick and stay. And I don't know that he's the guy that Andy Reid hands off. I don't know how much longer Big Red wants to coach. But it just stinks that this thing could crumble because you got Eric Biennium and, and Patrick Mahomes not on the same page and can you repair this relationship where the enemy's been really testy about some things and and Patrick's kind of is he getting too caught up in being Patrick Mahomes and I think one of the most telling parts of this story was and it it started that it's kind of like it's a little above message board but it's a Chiefs fan site that, Mm -hmm. that gets info from player I mean it's it's Run with it and believe it if you like, but it's... 
I mean, it, well, it's, it sounds. It sounds. It sounds believable. It sounds believable. When if you look at the word. fact that the enemy has had 16 head coaching interviews and hasn't gotten a single head coaching gig, despite what has been done with that offense in Kansas City. He, oh, make, I think he's just a horrible interviewer, and he's not a great people person. I think when it mm-hmm. comes to meeting rooms and X's and O's and getting guys to execute on the field, I think he's nails. But owners and and front office folks may just see him as an elite play caller and developer or or he's just somebody that's got some skeletons or baggage potentially i hope not but you, you read in between the lines here one of the points that was brought up was the fact that the chiefs let Bienemy run his contract down last offseason and then rewarded him with a one-year deal not multiple. Not multiple. A one-year deal after they let the contract run down, and they're still yet to extend him another year after this one. So you look in between the lines there, and you go... That's not normal. In, in the coaching world, usually, if a guy's doing well, you're going to re- reward him before the final year of his contract with a multi-year extension, so you don't have to have that, that, that doom hanging over you. Is this my last year here? Well, the author deleted this story. <laughs> so <laughs> what we're telling you here, and it was... Uh, it's interesting what what's what's believed and there's got to be more to Eric B enemy and why he's not getting a head coaching job and and maybe there's an issue with him and in his leadership style or ability and I just hope I want to see more whether you'll ever hate the Chiefs I know you're a Denver fan Elijah well have Paul hang on the line so we don't run him too short here. I want to see Kansas City like not just squander this and become the Atlanta Braves of the NFL with loaded talent, amazing draft picks, diamonds in the rough, finds, and they get one championship out of this. They're too fun of offense to, to turn into a underachieving 500 squad you're grinning that's exactly what you are yeah i've, I've uh i'm not going to speak here because if i speak i'll be in big big trouble no you're fine <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna you, speak you, what I you're want. hoping it all burns down oh of course i am you're hoping I mean, that the enemy uh, or mahomes goes to uh to donkey land no I, i'd love to see mahomes do well in anywhere but the afc west preferably the nfc but like it. he's an incredible talent i can see that however on the other side of things you're sick of getting worked by them. It's, it's fun watching the, uh, the the division rivals crashing and burning just a little bit. Well, and it's it's been internal. So, email from Will. He says, happy birthday. Have lots of whiskey. Thinking about it. Paul, hang on the line, please. Want to get to you. Thanks for calling. We'll wind down hour one. Gary Barnett's on the way. It's Hale Varsity. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Ten minutes away, Gary Barnett, Java Chamberlain to preview Nebraska baseball, get his take on the pitching staff. We'll get to Paul here on the line in a moment. Hands on the wheel, eyes on, and mind straight ahead. The driver has one job to drive the message from Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Don't drink, don't drive, and uh, get that uh, ride share if you need to. 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. Coach Barnett's take on enemy. We've asked him a couple of times the last several years through the hiring process as he thinks enemy is just quite honestly happy making the money he's making. 
and and drawn up plays on a play sheet and he's content, right? And he's never had a head gig, but he's been a pretty vital assistant, be it at UCLA or at Colorado, and then off to the NFL. Paul's with us. Paul, thanks for calling. Go ahead. I don't want anyone to think that I'm some big Eric Bieniemy fan because I remember the days you remember of public the f- Bieniemy number one from Colorado ripping the hearts out of Husker fans. Four TDs in, in the fourth quarter, I know. Five fumbles, yeah. four touchdowns. Having said that, your comment that he maybe isn't interviewing well, you mean like he's not some super schmarmy uh, get-along guy that uh, makes everyone happy that he's in the room? Two words for that, Bill Belichick. <laughs> if Bill Belichick can get hired twice as a head coach, how come Eric can't get hired once? There's got to be something. Either that or, or it goes back to Barney's comments that dude's making 2 to $3 million as a, an offensive coordinator with that talent. And I think the enemy could go make, uh, make some chicken noodle soup out of fill in the blank. I think he's that smart and good as a coordinator and he's had input when it comes to the scouting, right? With with yeah. what, with how the Chiefs have built. So, maybe he's but just I can't wait- believe that it's just his interviewing because Bill Belichick, come on. No, I, Bill Belichick though um I mean, he had the the Parcells endorsement, much like uh you've got the Andy Reid endorsement. So, I don't know why he hasn't been hired other than maybe he's happy or there's just some sort of skeleton. Yeah, I doubt the skeleton. I think that would uh, have come forth and gotten him fired before anything else. We'll see. So no skeleton. Well, it, that's that's the word, right? That's the Adam Schefter yeah. take. Well, he just doesn't interview well. Well, who cares? Can he can he can he lead a team? Can he control yeah. a team? That's the question. Paul, thanks for chiming in, man. Appreciate. Hey guys, have a good right, one. You too. Uh, let's uh, get another phone call in here if we have time to squ- to squeeze it in. And, you know, Biennemi's taking the interviews. And what's the impression like? What's that first impression? What's that second impression? Because I mean, you have the Texans. The other part of it, too, is he has the, the jobs that are available, too. They're, they're hired, a lot of them, to be fired jobs. Who do we have? Got Pete on the line. Pete, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of sit straight on that. Andy Reid calls the plays, not the enemy, and that's one of the uh, reasons why he's not getting a head coaching job. No, his con- his, his con- well, my understanding is the script is created by Reid, and and the enemy calls the plays, and after the script by Reid is created, then the enemy's calling the plays. That's what I was oh. told this morning. And, and it said in the article okay, that... Okay, well, that's probably accurate. I just heard on the TV that one of the announcers said that that Reed calls the, the offensive plays, but I could be wrong. And, and what the article said was it's been a cluster this year with yeah. uh, who's been calling the plays. All right, on thanks. Controlling the headset. Pete, appreciate you tuning in. Gary Barnett's next. Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back in, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome in Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett uh, with Colorado and Northwestern. I about said Nebraska coach, 
How that would have been something to have you wearing red all those years. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I could do that. I'm sort of over that red stuff, you know. I'm <laughs> Mary wears red. I I had a red car. You know, it's no big deal. <laughs> how, okay, how long did it take? I know, I know, Max Edict was no red, but did you uh, did you still have the no red uh, when you were coaching Colorado? No, I didn't. But it was playful to t- to act that way. You know, it was playful <laughs> to always say, "What are you doing wearing red?" You know, especially if it's a recruit. But, uh, you know, we had fun with it. But, no, we did not enforce the no red. But it's it's ingrained there. It's still ingrained in the bowels of the stadium. It it is. And I'll tell you this. My my cousin Jason, uh, he lived in Boulder, went to Colorado. Shockingly didn't finish at Colorado. Um, (laughs) He had a good time, man, uh, in Boulder. But I'm, I'm, I'm visiting him. And... We, we go to this burrito place and uh, it's empty right when the place opens. And, and of all the tables, there's 50 tables. I pick the one that some Nebraska fan after 75 Coors Lights with his Bowie knife carved go big right into the table. Like the one, you know, the, the cousin from Nebraska found the, the one Husker table. But let me ask you it was it was just by by luck i don't know what happened but he's like you you knew this i was like no i didn't but uh let's sit here how were you treated in lincoln and what was the what was the what was the best place and the worst place as far as being a being a either a, a an assistant or a head coach when it came to to different venue different road venues well the best uh, we were treated very well in lincoln always were you know and we were um, disappointed when our fans didn't provide the same kind of treatment when Nebraska came to Boulder. And we were aware of it, and we, we tried to, you know, uh, put out the word not to, you know, not to embarrass ourselves or do something stupid. But we always were treated really well in Lincoln. And um, the, uh, the, uh, the hardest, the, I guess the, uh, the place that uh, I was most shocked was um, going to Texas Tech. Really? And as we as we got to Texas Tech, got off the bus, and we were going to practice in the afternoon, we were walking down, and there's an old gray-haired guy, and he had a puppet, <laughs> and he, had a, he was dangling this puppet, and he was, he said, he said, comes up to me, he says, hey, Oh man, we're gonna gut you right here and love it. So who in the heck is this guy? And I'll find out that he was a teacher at the university. So that was the most surprising response that I ever have. Every every place else was, for the most part, I you know, um, during the game. Now during the game, the fans of Iowa were were pretty rowdy. Um, and the fans at Wisconsin were pretty rowdy. We had, you know, they'd pour, you had to walk out underneath the screen so that they couldn't throw any rocks or bottles at you, but they would pour beer through the screen. So, but that was part of it. You know, that was part of the fun of going and beating them there or trying to beat them there. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, all, all of it was fun. The Red Raider puppet. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Just a crazy old guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. But apparently they claim he he did that to everybody when they came in. Was this the Leach era or was this the Dykes era? No, it was Leach. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> nothing that surprised me with the pirate man, but uh, <laughs> the uh, the Lubbock uh, the Lubbock uh, puppet uh, Gary Barnett with us, coach uh, with um, the Big Ten. You're seeing stories and reports, and I sent you a story link potentially here from CBS or NBC. billion for the next round of rights for the Big Ten. What do you think of that? Well, I think that uh, that is why uh, all the uh, extended playoff situation has been sort of put on hold. Mm -hmm. They're waiting to see who else is going to get into a bidding war, and all it's going to mean is more money for colleges. And so that's why they didn't come to a quick decision because they realized and they had the information, they had information, I'm sure, that all this was going to happen or could happen. And sure enough, um, you know, it appears that that's just exactly what's going to happen. So, you know, it's just the landscape now and the environment and the culture of, of, um, the dramatics of college football. And, um, you know, I saw another story where, the Big Ten is sort of going to – the alliance mm-hmm. is uh, – it's uh, Big Ten doesn't want to change from nine games to eight like the other two conferences do, and they're pretty much going to hold to that. And So that alliance may be just slipping away as well, especially when this comes out, when this happens. That alliance is going to be nothing but words. Well, does it make sense for the Big Ten to – to do even do an alliance, if you're going to get, we're talking a hundred million dollars per team. Anyway, you're going to expand the playoff. Anyway, why why risk hurting yourself? And it's and it's already tough as is to get two Big Ten teams in. It's not happening because you eat each other in the league. It's a really tough league. You look at all the eight nine win teams, let alone Michigan going to the playoff and Ohio State being right there. I mean, why why give the Pac-12 a free ride? I guess is 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 maybe the Big Ten's thinking, or even the ACC, or why sacrifice a winnable game in conference versus maybe scheduling one of those alliance games? I hope it doesn't get to the point where we're, we're not going to see Oregon, Ohio State, or I'd love to see Nebraska, Miami, or you know Nebraska, Colorado, or are playing here in the next couple of years. I still hope you get one or two really good non-conference games. Well, I, I think you will for for another five years, but I think in five years this thing's going to all weed itself out, and it's just going to be those who think alike, those who want to act on the biggest stage and want to provide the and can provide the largest amounts of money. Um, and that's not going to be all those Big Ten teams, and it's not going to be all the Pac-12 teams. It's just going to be you're going to weed out people who don't want to play at that level, and that's 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 just the evolution that's coming about. So is, based on current record and recency, Nebraska's in danger if we're just looking at record and wins and losses – but from a brand standpoint, does Nebraska still make that cut? 
Well, I think Nebraska does, uh, based on the brand and based on the the fact that it it brings value. There's a sellout every week at Lincoln, and they travel really well. So that that means they bring value. It's those teams who don't sell out, and it's those teams that don't travel that don't bring value. And so it's that, that's just the way the world's going to be eventually here. Gary Barnett, a few minutes with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, we'll get to uh, the waste management and the beer showers here in, in just a touch. But I want to get your thoughts on how how much feedback you allowed from your players, the, the, the two-way street of communication, and when was it okay for, for players to pipe up and share their feelings, and when was it time for players to listen, and, and I'm the authority, I'm the coach. That, that dynamic coach when you were coaching and – it's kind of a, a, a different era now with with uh, players and and their voice, and I'm just wondering how to how to walk that line today, and how did you walk that line back when you were coaching and winning? Well, it's fragile and it's um, it's blurred, but um, you know you you have to change with times, and the do it, damn it, or else uh, <laughs> method doesn't work anymore and um so you you ha- and that's why the coaches that you hire position coaches uh ne- need to be good listeners and need to be good communicators and they need to be people who can relate to young people and can listen bring their thoughts forward to you and then you as a head coach you have got to if you say your door is open open it's got to be open You've got to do what you say you're going to do. And if, you know, you've got to be willing to interrupt any meeting that's going on to listen to a player. I used to have a sign on my desk that this meeting may only be interrupted by one of our players. So uh, if you say that, you've got to be that way. Now, you know, everybody's different. Everybody has a different way of doing things. But that would be my way. Was there a time that you were glad a kid interrupted a meeting? (laughs) Or were you a big meeting guy? actually was happy every time because he would go back and tell the guys in the locker room that he did what he said he was going to do. I, you know, he allowed me to, to break up a meeting to express myself. So that's all good. You know, I, I you know, there's always awkward moments, but you live through those. Mm-hmm. But you've got to do what you say you're going to do. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, that next step, Nebraska baseball gets rolling uh, tomorrow down in uh, in Texas, and what a what a year for Will Bolt, uh, Nebraska, able to uh, to take Arkansas to the wire. So there's a lot of expectations. You know, how did um, you navigate the the good pressure uh, of expectations and taking that next step? Not only from okay, we think you're going to be good, you are good, to you know winning a conference championship contending for your conference championship, then taking that next step. Uh, I know it's a lot of it's player-driven, but as a coach, what, what's that process like to, to get the team to, to take that next step? Well, you preach it all the time. You just constantly, uh, uh, your message is always the same. Every success you have just buys you an admission ticket to a more difficult problem. And uh, go, going from good to great, requires more than you can even imagine. Are you willing to do that? And then you got to get buy-in. 
and but most most players do. But now buy-in's got to be something that can be addressed and touched and is tangible. And so you just got to keep honing that and keep you know the better you get, the more the harder you can work, and the more successes you have, the harder they will work. So it's um, it's a lot easier getting buy-in on a team that's already playing well mm-hmm. because they all want to go to the next level. I mean, when I say next level, next level of success, they do. And and that's what you're preaching all the time. That's the mantra of your, of your club. Coach, what do you think of Jojo Doman at the next level? I ask, he's a Colorado kid. Folks are from, I think the Springs and he, uh, he came back for an extra year and he's in a unique spot because uh, of he's he's that that newer defender where he's a good tackler he's good against the run but man oh man can he cover that tight end or slot guy uh, I'm not asking for a, for a round projection here but just touch on if you could his versatility and and how key that is in the NFL. Well, he's a guy that can play there now. Before those guys, you didn't know what to do with them because you needed the big run stoppers and the 245 pound linebackers. Now you need guys who can cover all the time, and you've got to be able to cover tight ends because more and more good tight ends are being found and developed and are being relied upon in that league, and I think you're going to see it also in college. So <clears throat> become even more important, and it's the mismatch. I mean, that's the matchup that that uh, is hard to, to get right for defensive people. So he's he, he fits that mold very well. All right, to golf we go. What did you think of the party scene down the road from you with the uh, the waste management open, the beer, the beer showers, the partying? Uh, I, I enjoyed the commentary from Shooter McGavin this week on Twitter or this last weekend on Twitter uh, because of, of, of the party scene. Were you amazed or is it what you expected? Well, it seems to, you know, they built more and more stands so they can accommodate more and more people and they can create more and more of that atmosphere. Um, I think those players like play- I mean, the ones that go there like playing in that atmosphere once a year. Now, as I was watching, I was thinking, you know, if I had a full can of beer, I wouldn't throw it away because... <laughs> Shoot, you have to stand in line 30 minutes to get another one. So, uh, you know, unless they had more stocked in there right next to them, I mean, I, if I were a young guy like that, I wouldn't be throwing my beer away. So I didn't get it. <laughs> I, I, don't bl- I don't blame you. The, the cheers part, you can cheers him without having to, to pour it on him like uh, you you're talking about earlier, like trying to walk through the Wisconsin or – or uh, Iowa student section, where they're just dousing you. Uh, the other part of it, too, is cost. I mean, I took Junior to the, the Chiefs-Raiders uh, game here in December. I uh, went with a buddy and, and our kids, and Junior had a $400 hot dog, of course. And <laughs> I'm kidding, but it was, it was an expensive hot dog. And uh, we oh, had yeah. a couple of yeah. beers, and I mean, it's 12 bucks for a beer. And, I mean... That's expensive. Not you and Junior, just you. Just right. No, Junior. <laughs> yeah, don't don't put that out there. No, no. Get you. <laughs> no. Junior is still in uh, into to Sprite, thankfully. Last question: uh, How is the barbecue surgery going? You said you had to fix your smoker. I'm waiting for a part to come in, and so good luck. Uh, I'm, I'm on hold. Yeah, it's caught up in the chain somewhere. I still got some sausage to throw on. So okay, I'll try that. Fun to chat with you today. Thanks for making time. All right, Chris. Good being with you.
And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It is Husker baseball season as they get ready for Sam Houston. Let's talk to a man who knows all about the College World Series and also the World Series with the Yanks, a uh, longtime Major League Baseball veteran and Husker standout Hall of Famer, Jabba Chamberlain with us. Jabba, what are you doing? How are you, man? Good, man. How are you? You know, just uh, just enjoying another day, getting ready for some basketball and uh, getting ready for baseball season to come around, which is, is always a good time of the year. So how nice uh, are those uh, those Southwest Silverhawk JV kids? They're doing all right. You know what? You don't want to give them too much credit, but they're, <laughs> they're hanging in there. They're doing their job. So we'll, uh, we'll see how everything goes. We've got the pavilion tonight, and then we've got Northeast for the city championship on Monday. So the boys are getting ready, and... The uh, the varsity team continues to, to play well and oh, yeah. hopefully get a, get a good look and in districts and hopefully we get a we get a good draw. Yeah, PBA would be a lot of fun with that squad uh, this March. Uh, selfishly, right? So yeah. you know it, it's it's interesting to to look at this Nebraska baseball team and Coach Bolt and what a what a joy last year was for Nebraska baseball fans. Uh, expectations uh, are are always high in a Nebraska baseball clubhouse, specifically with Will, and now uh, they are picked to be the uh, the Big Ten champ, and they they they'll they'll take that, they'll they'll go earn that. That's not gonna change their focus or mindset. But there's the difference between hunted and being the hunter, and w- with your teams, you were not really on any squads that, that snuck up on anybody, were you? I mean, by the time you got to Lincoln, Nebraska was on that, that national stage. Do you think Husker baseball is ready to be a national program? Oh, 100%. I, I think, you know, like you said, the, the taste of it last year and then, you know, going into it, and I love what Will said at his press conference was, you know, our goal is to host the regional, not just be in it, not just get to one, but to host. And, you know, with that comes a lot of responsibility, and then that starts with with the guys at the top. And I think Will and Jeff and those guys have done a fantastic job of creating that mindset and having not only the knowledge of going into it, but not only the knowledge, but the belief that you can get it done. And you know, they've seen they can get it done. And you know, just exciting to see where the program's headed and you know, everything that that Will's done and has brought into fruition for this program. Is, is exciting to see, and you know, just you know, just seeing a tweet the other day that all the the preseason um, season tickets are the the posted ones and that are sold out. I mean, being able to play in front of your friends and family of, of sixty five hundred people, I've experienced it, and there's nothing better. And we have the greatest fans in college baseball, and you know, they're going to go see a program that's you know put together, done the right way and just loves the game and plays it hard and you know good things are definitely going to happen. I'm excited for the for the boys this year. I look at uh, who's getting the nod this weekend, Perry, and he has experience not only just career-wise but also on that that big stage same with Shannon uh Bragg and and McCarvel are two guys that'll get a show what they can do. Of course, uh, Buns and Frank and I love watching Buns pitch. I mean, he's I just he just uh, his motion and his location. And then mm-hmm. you got some young pups in in Hood and Christo. Consistency so key. We know what what, what Coach Christie is going to do with that pitching step, but also the addition of Rob Childress. So I'm interested in your take 
How does Rob and of course Coach Coach Christie? How how does that consistency happen at the college level? How did it happen for you with with your coaching? I think it's exactly what, what Rob said on a uh, on a tweet the other day. It's like you know the X's and O's per se are, are not what he's doing, and obviously from the development side and. And whether he wants to say it or not, it's the things that he taught me were more mental than he ever taught me as far as pitching was. I think, honestly, I think we worked on pitching maybe twice the whole time. And it was just the mentality of go out there. You may not have your best stuff, but you're going to compete. And I just think when you, when you create that mentality is we're not always on the mound going to have our best stuff. But you can go out there and still compete. In battle, and, and I think from from Rob's perspective, he he was always the first person to be your hardest critic, but he was always the first person to put his arm around you and tell you why. Mm. And I think he just has a innate ability to get his point across and to understand what needs to be done. And I and I think from the relationship side from from Jeff and Rob is they've worked together before on on, a, on different levels as a player coach. As coach to coach, and, and I think they they'll work together in every aspect to get these guys on the mound ready to go with the game plan and and all that stuff. So this those two together is is going to be a deadly combination. I'm really looking forward to watching the boys on the mound get get to work. Yeah, Java, I just got a question about these guys. I mean, it sounds like both the Friday and Saturday starters and Kyle Perry and Shea Shaneman are guys like to pound the strike zone. Uh, Shaneman, 75 strikeouts last year to only 15 walks. As for Kyle Perry, uh, Griffin Everett said in his uh, media session the other day that he's a guy that likes to throw strikes and, uh, and, and uh, work ground ball. So I just want to ask like the pros and cons of a, of a pitching style like that and, and what type of uh, offense you need to be able to back up that pitching. Well, I mean, it, it all starts you know, from, from that aspect of, of throwing strikes. And it's it's one of those things I'll, I'll never forget. I, I still, to this day, it's, it's something I always think about. And Rob said, it's like, we got to throw 60% strikes. Like, I don't care with what it is, but we're going to throw 60% strikes, get ahead in the zone. We're going to change the count at 1-1. One, one, and just those certain things. But from that mindset, it's like throwing strikes because what happens is now the defense doesn't get – Relax. You know, they, they know if they're going to get ground balls. They know who's on the mound. They kind of know which way to play. And just the innate ability of pounding the strike zone and, and know you're going to get early contact. So, therefore, everybody's just on their toes. And just the pace of the game and the rhythm of everybody being in tune from, from that aspect is it just it works. And, it's you know, we, we've all been in those situations where, you know, it's just ball three, you know, ball four, and now everybody just kind of gets – relaxed and then a ball that you know you don't anticipate just because you've been on your heels so i think from that aspect it's huge just the mindset for for not only the pitcher but for your defense knowing that hey you know let's let's get after it because we know we're going to get some work today so it's uh it's going to be fun to see and you know (laughs) strikeouts are fun but i'd rather get out early and be in the game late i I learned that later in my career i was like just hit the first pitch i don't want to strike you out because then that's a five pitch at bat that i could have saved four pitches if you just swing early java chamberlain's with us husker baseball java there's not enough vodka lemonade and yeti cups and ice in the world (laughs) uh to to just kind of 
cheers what you said about it's one thing as a player if it's ball four, ball eight, ball 16, and here's Ricky Vaughn walking the bases loaded. How many youth baseball games have we, we died at <laughs> watching, uh, you know, three straight walks and then up someone boots a ball because they've been lulled to sleep? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to watch sometimes. And you know what? I'm guilty of it, too. I, I mean, I've, I've been there. I've been on the mound. and It's a lonely island to be on when your home crowd cheers you after two walks. So, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of Yetis for sometimes here these days. Uh, Jabba, offensively, Nebraska should have some more power, but they're still going to be able to, uh, to be creative. Uh, in the college baseball world, how vital is versatility for offense? I think it, it being able to being able to score in different ways, not being solely relying on a home run, or you know, hey, this is what you know. We we got guys that can hit home runs, but you know, at the end of the day, let's do the, let's do the common things uncommonly well. Let's move runners. Let's understand the situation. Let's understand the count. Let's runners on second and third, no outs. Let's let's go out there swinging. Let's understand the situation, and I, and I think with what with what Will and the, and the boys have is they have that that understanding and that discipline to be like, hey, it may not show up in the scorebook, but we got a runner on second in less than two outs. Let's somehow get him over, get him a chance to score. And it's just, yeah, it may, it may not look sexy in the scorebook to you, but those are the things that win ball games. That those one-run things, those little things, getting a sacrifice down, understanding the account, understanding the situation, and you know, just having the versatility to be able. And then at the end of the day, it's like we got a guy that can that can hit. 10, 15, and see what happens. And, and you have that dynamic as well. So I just think that the versatility of, of the whole game from the offensive side is is just knowing the situation and understanding what your job is at the plate at that time because they may change throughout the, throughout the entirety of the game. Jabba Chamberlain's with us here of Varsity Radio, Husker Baseball Thoughts. Jabba, a thought on, on Hood and, and Christo. They won't have to be like forced into, at least initially, major roles. They're major talents, obviously top 100 recruits and their homegrown kids. What's your take on, on that with Nebraska's perceived depth on the mound and, and then asking the young guys to, is it better to, to ease in or just throw them in the deep end? I, I think it's it's both. I mean, and, and it's it, it comes down to, I think situational because you never know what you're going to get. You, you see it in practice. You see things like that. You see it in live BPs, but until you actually get out there and compete, things just fall into place. Sometimes you don't plan on, you know, some of these freshmen, you know, they're going to get some innings. And then next thing you know, they're your, your Saturday or Sunday guy. I mean, it's, I, I use our team as an example. Johnny came in great arm. Didn't expect him to, you know, do what he did. And then, you know, now he's starting on Saturdays and, and pitching for us in the Caldwell Series. So the depth, I think, is, is you can never have enough pitching because injuries happen. And I just think it's having enough depth and getting kids innings is huge. But then just having the confidence to be able to put them out there. And then I think with the depth that we have, the pieces will fall if, if they need be, and it's lined up to, to do really good things. And, and I don't necessarily think it's throwing them in the fire initially, but it's putting them innings where, you know, their, their successes are 
frequent and, and, and to understand the game of the college baseball is so much faster and just the intensity and, and how every pitch matters at this level is different than it was in high school. Kobe Gomez back from injury. We'll see time at first. Uh, could close. What do you think he's going through right now? I mean, the, the two-way player is unbelievable. I mean, you, you see, obviously, one of the, the greatest athletes yeah. in the world do it on the, on the highest stage. And, and I agree. I, I let him do it. I, I think it helps in every aspect. I mean, you see what Spencer did last year. And, you know, it's, it, you can look at it twofold. I, I think it's, it's so hard to be good at both. But I think you, you put less pressure on one or the other, and then you just try to succeed. And, you know, I think seeing it and, and trying to do it, obviously I never did it, so it's, they're better than I was. And to be able to compete and, and to do that and, you know, coming off an injury and, and knowing you're going to get some time there and, and maybe be on the bump, it's, it's a lot. But you know what? They, they wouldn't put him in that position if they didn't think he could do it. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. A uh, longtime Major League Baseball veteran and Husker standout Hall of Famer, Jabba Chamberlain with us. Last side, uh, Jabba, and uh, once things get, get fixed with MLB, we'll, we'll get your take on things. But uh, tell me about your experience with the Yankee Victory Parade winning that World Series. I ask that just because of all of the hilarity that ensued with the Rams uh, this week. Yeah, it was, it was fun watching some of those clips on, on Twitter and, and TikTok and stuff like that. And, you know, just being able to, to know what that feeling is like. I, it literally, one of the funny stories I, I saw from the Rams, a dude was throwing a beer out on top, you know, just being a good Samaritan and getting after it. And, you know, Eric Donald's with his shirt off. I, I definitely wouldn't mess with that guy, that's for sure. But, um <laughs> Yeah, it was one of the funny stories is, is we're going down and it comes out the next day after the parade that one of the offices along the parade route ran out of confetti. So they just started grabbing files and shredding them. And it was per- people's personal information oh, no. getting thrown out the window during the parade. <laughs> <laughs> well, medical, financial, I mean, it could, Social could, security go, number. Yeah, it could go anywhere. It could go yeah, anywhere. We- we had no idea. I mean, it's just raining down. I mean, it, 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 it's all a blur just because there's so many things and you know, so many aspects of winning with you know interviews and appearances and all the other stuff. And then the story coming out the next day was people's personal files thrown out as confetti. Did you get after it with your teammates, or were you uh, wanting to to soak it all in? It, it was it was a little bit of both. I mean, I, I'm fortunate enough for um, you know pictures and stuff like that. You, you just you always relive that stuff, but yeah, it was it was fun. It was a uh, it was a long four days. I didn't want to smell champagne for a while, that's for sure. But it was <laughs> um, yeah, we had fun. My son was there too, so that that was fun for him. He he actually hates champagne to this day, and, and that's a, a funny story. I, he came in, and Nick Swisher literally full facialed him with champagne right to the face, and he was four years old. So he, needless to say, he's not a huge fan of champagne. <laughs> or Uncle Uncle Nick. Uh. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he he was not a huge fan of that. But it was a, it's always a fun experience, and and I think even related to that, I think one of the most memorable experiences, obviously, winning the World Series is great. But when you get to the World Series as a Husker, and I, I hope these boys get the chance to, because I need somebody to win a game so I can stop talking about being the only winner in, in Husker baseball. But just seeing the support and 
the love that this state shows when you get to that level. And it's just, I hope this team gets there because they have the opportunity, they have the mindset, and they have the staff to do it. So hopefully that happens and then they get to see the crazy amount of love that the state of Nebraska will give them when they get there. Jabba Chamberlain's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Jabba, what uh, folks can catch you on a podcast, correct? Yeah, we're starting our own. Hopefully, we're going to announce that next week. Um, I'm on the uh, God Bless Football with uh, on the Dan Lobitard Network with Stu Goss, and uh, got some really fun co-hosts and, and stuff like that. And we're going to we're going to start our own here coming soon. So hopefully, announce that next week and just something different. Get to tell stories and. You know, we got one baseball player, one football player, and one wrestler from WWE. So <laughs> we kind of we kind of cover all Gannis, and, and we got some great stories. And uh, one of our special guests is Rob Gronkowski, who nice. my co-host. It's his brother. So we get we get some good stories, and, and Rob's always comical. So it's, uh, hopefully, announce that next week and have some fun with that. Job, the best to you, man. We'll, we'll get you back on here, and thanks for the time as always. You got it. Thanks, guys. Good stuff from Jabba. Let's uh, run down the Pride of Chicago. It's Daddy Burke, Burke's Best Bets time. Pride of Chicago is with us, Daddy Burke, VEASAN Sports Network, Burke's Best Bets. And can find Danny on Twitter at DannyBurke5, Rush Hour, his show, and, of course, the daily Danny Burke podcast. Pride of Chicago, what are you doing? You know, right now we're trying to survive this weather. I mean, how ridiculous is this? It was like 50 degrees yesterday. And then we're preparing for this winter storm once again. And I'm like, how is this possible? It's 50 degrees. And, you know, my girlfriend and her friends, like, they're already getting school called off for them today. And I look outside and there's no snow while I go and jinx myself because now I'm driving through the snow on the way to work and it ain't pretty. So let's start off with your best bet here. What are you liking for the NHL tonight? Yeah, guys, I'm circling out this Washington Capitals game against the Flyers. Now, I will say it's a pretty price. I got it about minus 175. So full disclosure, um, hockey in general, at least for me and some other people that I know bet it on a consistent basis, it's kind of a sport where you got to be willing to lay some steep prices from time to time because at least the way that I handicap, it's more of a situational type of thing. You're looking for these good spots, good goalie matchups, and teams that are catching hot streaks and just have the advantage. So when you look at other sports, a lot of time you're like, ah, minus 175, that's too steep. But with hockey, I feel like you got to be a little bit more liberal with it. So for this example, with the Capitals tonight, um, they just have a good matchup against the Flyers, guys. I mean, Philadelphia's been abysmal this season, and I mean just terrible. And aside from that, they're dealing with injury after injury after injury, and the goalie matchup really favors Washington in this spot. And the Capitals still have a lot of solid pieces. They've been a little bit more volatile up to this point, but again, against this Flyers team, I mean, really, they should have the advantage, and one of the guys who's uh, the expert at Beeson who does hockey write-ups every day, he always has his model, and he has where the prices should be, and he likes the Capitals, too, so I always like to be on the same side as him, and he had this price out at, like, over $2, so he thinks Washington should be, like, minus 205, so for that being stated, along with just the situational matchup, goalie advantage, and just Washington being a healthier, better team, I laid minus 175 with the Capitals tonight. Danny, as I sit here in the studio wearing my abs sweatshirt, i got to ask you, the Colorado Avalanche number one in the league in points right now, and uh, I just want to get your take. Is it, is it smart for me to lay some money on a futures bet on the abs to win the Stanley Cup, or are you buying into the, the President's Trophy curse? Hey, your, uh, your boys came through for me last night. I took them against VGK, so I was happy to see them get the dub. But look, uh, there's definitely 
validity to them coming out on top. I mean, they were the favorite team last season next to the Lightning, and then this year, once again, I believe there's a short shot at about like plus 475, 5 to 1, depending on where you look. And it was funny enough, when we have some of these hockey guests on my show, I always ask them, all right, what's the team you're looking out for at this point that you would consider betting for the Stanley Cup? And it's not really going out on a limb, but he says, hey, if you could get 5-1 to one or above, I still think the Avalanche are arguably the most talented team. And I don't disagree in that capacity. I kind of want to look for a little bit better value at this point in the season. They're deep enough with the roster. Uh, with Kemper, like, he, he's good, but I don't think his numbers are as solid as you want him to be. I think he gets a lot of help from how talented this Colorado roster is. But overall, again, I, I think it should be sufficient enough to get them through the postseason and go pretty deep. Danny, when I hit NBA and get your, your take here, bigger bump, is it going to be Philly with Harden or is it going to be Simmons and the Nets? For this year, Schmitty, I think the Sixers won the trade. And I don't really think you can dispute it too much because the Nets are going to be missing Kyrie Irving for half their games, right? And Kevin Durant, I get it, he's injured, and if he comes back, then we can have somewhat of a different conversation. But are we guaranteed that Kevin Durant is still going to stay 100% healthy? Now, if you're looking down the road based on the roster they have and assuming maybe Ben Simmons can facilitate well enough and play good enough defense, then, yeah, maybe down the road the Nets turn out to be a better team. But for this season right now, the Sixers, to me, are in a better spot to win. James Harden, if he's in a happy environment and feels like he doesn't have to do all the work, he's not stressed out, he can play like a superstar than we've we've seen him do before. And going back to Ben Simmons, the dude hasn't played a single second this season, so why are we rushing to say that the Nets can make out pretty good with a guy who's afraid to shoot the ball and hasn't played literally a single second? So there's still some issues on and off the floor with him. Kevin Durant's dealing with that injury, and Kyrie Irving is missing half the game. That's going to come back to bite them in the postseason. So I actually played the Sixers at plus 850 to win the Eastern Conference like a week and a half before the whole trade went down because I saw the rumors. I had a guy on my show come on and say they were 10-1, to 1, and I love that in NBA Futures, but I was still just fully ingrained in the NFL. So I was like, all right, I want to get that double-digit value. And I go and look, and it's already down to plus 850. So I was like, crap, I already, I already got to hurry up and pull the trigger, and I did. And, you know, lo and behold, it went down to like 7-1 and 6-1. And now the trade happened. The Sixers are about 3-1 to one to win the East. But I do think them and the Bucks are still the top contenders out of the Eastern Conference. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Danny Burks with us here, Burks Best Bets, Hail Varsity Radio. And Danny, we should probably talk about Joel Embiid and his MVP odds. Uh, ESPN released their MVP straw poll this morning. Joel Embiid was number one, Nikola Jokic close behind, and then Giannis in, in a distant third. But I think you also like uh, like the odds on DeMar DeRozan right now, I seen on your Twitter page last night. So where are you standing in MVP futures? Love DeMar DeRozan. And look, I- I've been ranting about this this whole past week. I'm on the DeMar DeRozan MVP campaign and finally getting some people aboard now that the national media is talking about it. I mean, guys, like, he's 40-1 to 1 when I snagged him. He's still as high as 60-1. to 1. He literally just broke a record set by Will Chamberlain. How often does that happen with a scoring record for someone in this modern era to beat Will Chamberlain? Never. And it's going seven consecutive games, 35-plus points on over 50% shooting. 
this dude has been absolutely unreal. And you can look at a Joel Embiid. I, I believe that, or I agree that he's a rightful favorite. But, again, the Sixers have been building up to a championship. Guess what? Bulls have a better record. Giannis Antetokounmpo, that's a championship team. Guess what? Bulls have a better record. Bulls are so depleted without Levine, without Caruso, without Lonzo Ball, without Patrick Williams. This team has been carried by DeMar DeRozan. You talk about that. You talk about the fact that they're number one in the East and he's setting these records. How the hell is he that low with these odds? This guy has to be in the same conversation as Steph Curry, who's about plus 650 or 7-1. to So if you're giving me the value of 40-1, to even 25-1 to right now, I'm not saying he's guaranteed to win it, but the number is for sure going to come down, and I think it's at least worth a flyer on the play. Is Philly your lock for the West, or do you think Golden State could, uh, could upset that apple cart? Uh, in terms of the Western Conference, you know, it, I haven't been as close with I mean, obviously the Suns are a team that's in sure. prime to make that deep run. Golden State, it's, it's really hard to go in front of Steph at any point. And if Clay can get into a rhythm and they can stay healthy, they're just as lethal as any team. So I, I'm not really in love with any team out of the West. If you told me you like the Warriors and told me you like the Suns, I wouldn't disagree. But I probably would go with the Suns just for the fact I think you're getting a slightly better price at most books than you're on the Warriors just because the public loves to bet Golden State. So naturally, because of liability, you're going to get a little bit better odds on Phoenix than you are on the Warriors. So because of that price, I kind of like Phoenix a tad bit more. But overall, I don't know, man. I mean, look, you know, if James Harden and, and Embiid are clicking right away, then I find it hard to believe that a team can go seven games with them because they still have Tobias Harris, they still have this young squad around them. But if there's a team to do so, it's got to be the Warriors or the Suns. Maybe even the Suns a little bit more so because you got a big body in Aiton who could try his best at least to limit Embiid. We know what happened when he tried to limit Giannis, but maybe he can improve a little bit. Danny Burks with us, Sale Varsity Radio, Burks Best Bets, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Listen to him weeknights on VEASAN Sports Network, iHeartMedia, and the Danny Burke Daily Podcast. Pride of Chicago, uh, enjoy that snow. Get the skis out, and we'll check in next week. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Take care. Big thanks to Danny. Thanks to you for all the uh, the birthday wishes. Back tomorrow at the Single Barrel. See you at 4 with Hale Varsity.